Hello you guys, it's Katie, and welcome back to another episode of Crime and Crochet. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the disappearance and murder of Dorothy Jane Scott, which happened back in 1960. So, with that, let's just get straight into this case. Dorothy Scott worked as a secretary at a local shop that was about five miles from her home, and she did have a four-year-old son who was named Sean, and her parents would take care of him while she was at work. She was 32 years old at this time, and she was living with her aunt and very close to her family. Like I said, her parents would take care of her son throughout the day when she was at work, and she was also very religious Christian and went to church and stayed home. All of that was focused on being a good mom and working to support her son. She was not going out and drinking or doing any drugs like some people her age would, and she basically just seemed to be just doing her best as a single mom and trying to do what she can for her son. She's also living in Southern California at this time, and on May 26th of 1980, she's about to head home from an employee's meeting when she noticed that there was a strange bite on her co-worker's arm. Of course, this concerned her, and she offered to drive him to a medical center and her colleague Pam Head offered to go with them. Around 9 p.m. that night, Dorothy drove first to her parents to quickly check on her son Sean and let her parents know she'd be late collecting him. So she just goes home for a minute to explain to her parents what's happening, make sure they're not concerned about her, all of that. And while she's there, she does change from the black neck scarf she's wearing to a warmer red one. So I'm assuming that time of night, it was probably getting a little bit chilly. Now she heads back to the emergency room where she meets up with Conrad and Pam again. Conrad being the one who is in the emergency room for this bite. And that's when they discovered that he had gotten a spider bite by a killer black widow spider, which does not sound good, but he gets discharged at 11 p.m. with a prescription that should treat it. So Dorothy left her two colleagues in the waiting room to go and collect her car and pick them up at the front door of the hospital. After this, she was never seen alive again. Now, this is just crazy how in the little bit of time it would have taken her to go get the car and pick them up at the front of the hospital, she goes missing. But nevertheless, let's continue with the story. So, of course, Conrad and Pam are just left there waiting for her, and when she doesn't show up at the front of the building to pick them up they decide to step outside and that's when they see her white station wagon 
fly towards them in the parking lot. And they start waving their arms and stuff, trying to flag her down to come pick them up. And that's when she keeps going, or they assume it's her driving, but they both say that the headlights were too bright for either of them to tell who was actually behind the wheel. But the car makes a sharp right turn out of the parking lot and disappeared from view. So even though she said she was coming back to pick them up, she did not, and they saw her car leave the parking lot. At first, Conrad and Pam just assumed that maybe she had to go check on her son and was in a hurry, so they didn't really worry about it at first until they realized that they hadn't heard from her and they're all pretty close friends, so when they hadn't heard from her in several hours, they began to get pretty worried and decided to report her as missing. The following morning, her car was found abandoned and burnt out in an alleyway around 10 miles away from the hospital. The police began working on a theory that Dorothy had been kidnapped. So the main thing that they had to go off of in this case was the terrifying phone calls that she had received from a mystery caller before her disappearance. So Dorothy herself often said that the male voice on the other end seemed familiar to her, yet she had never found out who exactly these calls were from. One call was quoted as saying, when I get you alone, I will cut you up into pieces so no one will ever find you. And this is what the person on the phone told her. So very creepy, especially since she did end up going missing. The voice was a frequent caller ringing Dorothy almost every single day and forcing police to take the extreme measure of installing an early voice recorder at the Scott's house, because keep in mind back then, there wasn't really any cell phones, so this person was calling the home phone. The man always warned that he was watching her at all times, and one evening he demanded that Dorothy look outside, claiming that he had a gift for her. On the hood of her car was a single dead rose. That is so creepy to think about and the fact that she went missing after receiving these calls as well it does not surprise me that someone was watching her and to this day the person calling her is unknown as well as her killer is unknown nobody knows who either of these people are which is crazy because maybe if she was able to identify the person's voice before she went missing, maybe that would have led to her murder being solved by now. Because otherwise, the police have nothing else to go off of other than the information that her two co-workers can tell them and the calls. So absolutely crazy. But we do have some more information to discuss on how her body was found. On August 6th of 1984, which is about four years after her disappearance, a construction worker discovered dog and human bones side by side about 
30 feet from Santa Ana Canyon Road. The bones were partly charred and authorities believed that they had been there for two years as a brush fire had swept across the site in 1982. A turquoise ring and watch were also found and Dorothy's mother said that the watch had stopped at 12.30 a.m. on May 29th, about an hour after her two co-workers saw her drive off in her vehicle, or whoever drove off in her vehicle. On August 14th of 1984, the bones were identified to be Dorothy's by dental records and the autopsy could not determine the cause of death since obviously it had been so long since her death and the bones were charred by this fire but they did have a memorial service for her on august 22nd and that is basically the ending of the story it is still unsolved to this day and I don't think they have really any other leads besides the creepy phone call and where her body was found. All of that kind of stuff is strange but there's really no answer in this case which is devastating as always but we can only hope that for her family's sake and everything there will be some closure hopefully soon and I know a lot of cold cases are being solved recently with DNA and things like that so maybe that's a possibility for this case we'll just have to wait and see but for her family's sake I do hope that is the case but with that y'all that is the end of this case so now we're going to discuss this week's crochet pattern this week's crochet pattern is called the man cow by yarn geek and this pattern is found on ribbler and it is actually free right now but normally it is three dollars and fifty cents so if you guys are interested in checking it out now is definitely your time definitely want to get it while it's free and again this is called the man cow by yarn geek and she also has YouTube tutorials and lots of other patterns. If you guys are interested in checking her out, she is Yarn Geek Everywhere. And she is yarn.geek on Instagram. So again, a lot of different tutorials and stuff from her if you guys are interested in checking that out. And again, her man cowl crochet pattern is for free right now on Ribbler if you guys are interested in that. And as always, an easy way you can find all of the stuff I talked about in this episode is through my Instagram at Crime and Crochet. I always tag the person on Instagram as well as give you a link to their pattern, all of that kind of stuff. So it makes it super easy for you guys to find everything in one place. If you are interested in seeing all of that from this episode. So again, before I wrap up this episode, I just wanted to remind you guys that you can check out today's crochet pattern as well as my sources, pictures of 
the people involved in this case and much, much more over on my Instagram at Crime and Crochet as all one word, as well as if you want to help me out, the best way you can help me is leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on if you are enjoying the podcast. With that, thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I hope you will join me here next Saturday for the next episode of Crime and Crochet, and make sure y'all are staying safe out there so you don't end up being one of these victims we talk about every week. Goodbye, y'all.